Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Pat Spicer, a priest for the Diocese of Cleveland. Welcome, Father. Oh, thank you, Tim. It's great to have you back again. Yeah, it's great to be here. We just uh, finished uh, talking about the Ten Commandments and how we are to have life in Christ. Now we're going to move to part four, and that's where we learn how we should pray. So let's begin by uh, defining what is prayer and why is it important. Great question. I, you know, it, maybe it's because I, you know, I, I've been a priest now for four years, but it seems like I've been hearing that word a lot. You know, the word prayer, you know, being used a lot. And, mm-hmm. I, and I remember thinking, this is just me. <laughs> this is purely just me. I remember thinking to myself, you know, a lot of times we as priests, you know, our job. I mean, we pray the office. It's an, it's non-negotiable, obviously. You know, it's priest to be rooted in prayer. The most, one of the most sacred things you could say as a priest is, "I'll pray for you," and I take that sincerely. You know, even to the point where I even write the names down. Uh, you know, because what is prayer? You know, it, it's sometimes we. It's been used, employed so many times in, in interesting circumstances. For instance, uh, <laughs> look at let's just use the analogy again of football. You know, if, if you're losing and there's nothing else to do and you're far away from the end zone, you throw up a hail. I know you throw up a prayer. Or, like, you know, worst case scenario, I, you know, I'll pray. Why? So many times in that context is how it's used, is how it's understood. The desperation. And it's true. It's a wonderful moments of prayer. I never heard of a deathbed conversion to atheism. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's always a beautiful prayers, those moments of, of crisis, and it's certainly. But, but, but what is it, you know? Mm-hmm. What exactly is it? What are the mechanics of it? What does it mean to pray? And at the end of the day, you know, the way I, the UCAT does a wonderful job of talking about this is it's the turning of the heart towards God. You know, that's what prayer is. You know, contemplative, true blue prayer is to be still with God. And there's examples of what we have in Scripture of these moments. The call of Samuel. You know, Master, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, go to bed, you know. And then finally realizing it was in the stillness. It wasn't in some raucous, it wasn't in a tornado, it wasn't in a great battle. It was in the moments of silence that we have with God, those moments of intimate connection that we have with God. It's no mm-hmm. accident, you know, the importance of quiet and stillness. Mm-hmm. I've heard this. This is a wonderful analogy. Uh, you know, we can pray to God wherever, whenever, however. For instance, we're driving to work. We can, we can like, just take that time, even if we're driving, and try to be present to God. And we can talk to God. But if God is going to talk to us, that's when we can't drive. <laughs> that's when we have to be still. You know, so it's a turning of a heart towards God, but it's, you know, those moments of pure self you know, ontologic self-turning of God. That means silence. That means stillness. That's what the, uh, the analogy of the lost sheep. What does a good lost sheep do? The good lost sheep stays still and lets the good shepherd find him. 
I guess the bad lost sheep, if you will, which tries to you know tries to find God, tries to you know tries to find the good shepherd and gets lost even more. So the same thing with prayer. Prayer is that turning towards God so that God can find us. The hardest thing to do in life, because in life we go through life, it's all about us finding things, doing things, us accomplishing things. Even we as Christians, we talk about that even with prayer. And I often scratch my head and say, what exactly are they talking about? You know, only thing we can do in prayer is surrender that time. Mm-hmm. It's that turning towards God, but it's a profound turning towards God. I mean, we talk about prayer. And it's really just connecting with the, the first cause, the, 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 the one that created you. For so long, I, I thought of prayer as me talking to God. Mm-hmm. The part that I forgot about was me listening to God. And uh, I started doing holy hours at Sacred Heart. We've been blessed with a 24-hour perpetual adoration. And I've been doing holy hours for since 1994. And I always thought I had to pray the rosary or pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet, which I've done, and I prayed for my family and my friends, which I do every day at Mass. But lately I've been spending my holy hours trying to be quiet. Mm. As you said, stand still and be still. God can't talk to us in the noise and the confusion of the busyness of our everyday lives. He can talk to us if we're quiet. And I've heard that from so many different saints and Marian apparitions that God can only speak to us in the silence. Yeah, That's the only way we can hear him. Yeah. And, and, and it's so hard, especially me. I don't know about you, Father, but I'm so easily distracted when I try and pray. Yeah, And I've got all these things going on that in my life that are in my head. Mm-hmm. And I just try to block it all out. And when I'm in the chapel, just focusing on the holy, the sacred host, the the Eucharist, Jesus. I'm glad you brought that up with the the Eucharist because um, it's interesting. Paul writes about this. uh, What's the opposite of love? The noisy gong. (laughs) And it's interesting that uh, we, we can get caught up in the noisy gong of life. And to the point that we could even without even realizing it, concede to that. And I say that because I was the case, the classic example of the person who didn't know how to pray, still struggling with, I mean, we all, we all could get better at it, in other words. Uh, I was a, uh, I really didn't even know what the mechanics, I didn't even know what I, it was my first year at the seminary, basically, was what it boils down to. And I had prayed before, but it was, you know, it was, it was just, and I was struggling with prayer. And I, and, I, and I went and I told uh, my spiritual director about the distractions I would experience. For instance, I had the idea, okay, I'm going to pray every morning for 10 minutes. Sit down. After one minute, I was thinking about 30 different things. And, and then I remember, just remember, in that one minute, <laughs> I would have great ideas, stuff that, oh, my gosh, it came to me. I, I need, you know, I didn't realize uh, that part of my life I could do that. You know, all these things. Were, I, I wanted to get out of there. <laughs> I wanted to get out of prayer. I wanted to get that. And that's... I told my spiritual director, and then he said it so beautifully. He said, don't you see? That's your Calvary. That's your Calvary, and that's your paradise. You know, and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, not knowing what he was talking about. He says, you know, the fact of the matter is the devil, this is how the devil works. He's not going to say don't pray. But he's going to come to you. He's going to distract you. 
or he's going to work with those distractions and he's going to say, you know what, stop praying today, or even worse, you're not good at this. You need to read a self-help book before you can do something. You know what I mean? Always avoiding that moment. Just whatever it is, just get me out of it. Just, you know, that's, but that's where it is. And that's the, sometimes the hardest place to be. We would rather be standing at top of the terminal tower with one foot than sometimes standing with two feet on the ground praying to God. And that's the reality of it. But that's saying something, is it not? That when we pray, when we contemplatively be still with God, there's these moments that we cannot explain it. And it's interesting, too, that when God speaks to our hearts, he writes, on, he writes in our hearts in ways... He doesn't, like, it's not like he, oh, we come away with all the answers to these questions we've been struggling. He changes the field. <laughs> mm-hmm. He changes the, the very, the, the changes the questions. This is what we talk about when we talk about prayer. The turning to God, the turning to, who, who wants us to be there. But we do, we just don't want to be there. We're, we're like that 16-year-old kid who doesn't want to go to grandma's house. You know what I mean? That's that's how we approach prayer sometimes, like struggling, biting, scratching. Sometimes when I go to prayer, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. It's a beautiful thing. I wake up and it's trumpeting. I mean, it's a triumph, you know. We call that consolation. Other times it's the hardest thing for me to do that day for whatever reason. Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I'm hungry, angry, lonely, tired, whatever. Hardest thing to do, but <laughs> it's without fail. Hardest thing to do, hard, but once you're there, once you, 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 you've given that time, surrendered that time to God, there is no better peace. Mm-hmm. So why would you tell our listeners, why would it be important to have a daily prayer life? Why is it so important? Because that's the North Star. That's the foundation. There is no house that's going to survive a tornado unless it has that foundation. What's the first thing a person does, or <laughs> I should say not a person, a crew do when they, and they're building a house. They, they want a house to survive. They, they really want this house to be, you know, the beast of the neighborhood. <laughs> I guess, you know, they build that foundation. That's where it is. The prayer is the foundation. And it doesn't matter it, what time that is, but as long as we know that is the sacred time, non-negotiable, this is the time that I am going to pray to God. Once we establish that time, then the rest is gravy. The hardest thing to do is establish that. Because, we'll, we'll, you know, I, I say we'll think of excuses, and they're not going to be legitimate excuses. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna say like, or, you know, but never let the I'm not good at this be the reason. Never, because that's just not the truth. We're all made in the image of likeness of God. We're all capable of turning towards God. You know, it, it's, it's not going to be easy sometimes. But, mm-hmm. oh, man, I'm telling you, that's... I, I'm not trying to say that. Look, if you pray, you're going to be happy. That's not. I'm not direct. But what I am saying is that we're never going to know anything about ourselves unless we, you know, be silent and just be work and work with the very Creator, the very hands that created you. Let the Creator deal with His creatures. And let that happen. You know, that's what. That's why I feel it's so important for me to go to daily mass and to say the rosary every single day. It's that habit we talked about earlier, getting in the holy habit of thinking, saying, and doing what's pleasing to God. Believe me, I would much rather sleep in every morning. I would love to sleep in until 9 or 10 o'clock every day. But I realize how important it is for me and really for the world to have the grace of our Lord Jesus in their lives. And so when I go, I mean, I'm refreshed, I'm nourished by the Word of God, by the body and blood of Christ. My spirit is renewed. 
I, I'd like to feel that I'm getting closer to Christ, and at the same time, Christ is becoming more a part of me every day. Yeah, and and realistically, just, you know, so I listened. To, you know, this isn't just feelings either. You know, you know, so, so I, I say that too because I, I never want to talk about my relationship with Christ. The relationship that we have with the Eucharist is sort of being this. Uh, that's why I'm, ha- you know, like. The, the foundation is not about happiness. It's not about uh, unhappiness. It's about just knowing that there's a plan for you. Mm-hmm. You know that God has. If you have, if you know that God has a plan for you, and you know that in your heart, it's not about happy, not happy, this, that, or the other. You know, it's about just being rooted and having that confidence in that. That's a confidence. That's like a difference between having a grand piano on your back, a grand piano being taken off your back. You know. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We've been listening to Father Pat Spicer. Father, can we have your priestly bless- blessing, please? Almighty and all-knowing God, we ask for your blessing upon all the listeners of this radio station. May they have the peace, the love, and mercy of Christ in their hearts. And we make this prayer like all prayers, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just a reminder that all our past Faithful Father shows are archived at livingbreadradio.com. And if you need to find a certain subject of a show, right on the homepage in the upper right hand is the search box. Just type in the subject that you're looking for, and all the shows will be listed. Until next time, this has been Tim Perry. God bless you. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.